Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Amen. Nobody loves us like he does. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. We ask that you open our eyes, open our heart to receive your word for us this morning. Father, we are believing that our lives will be changed. Father, we come expectantly ready to receive what you have for us. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this time. Have your way. Speak through me this morning. And let each and every one of us leave this place changed. And Father, on my heart, we're just praying for our city mission team this morning. They are ministering right now to those who don't have much of anything, who are hurting, who are broke, who are jobless. Lord, be with them as they minister, as they serve food, and as they serve, more importantly, your word, your truth about your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for them, that they will come to know you this morning. That many lives will be changed forever. We thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Just be, even as I'm preaching, teaching both this morning, I just want you to be in prayer for the city mission this morning. I don't know why. I'm not sure what's going on. I have no idea other than I know our team a handful, probably a dozen or so of our church members are down there serving this morning. Uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to do that uh, a couple months back, and it really was a blessing. But just be, be in prayer for them. If the Lord's been putting that on your heart, even while it's okay to not totally pay attention to me this morning as you're praying for the city mission. Well, we're excited. We are in a series called Provision and Harvest. And if you don't know what this means, this is the word that the Lord has for this church for this year. Provision and harvest. And what provision is, provision is everything that we need for the journey that God has us on. Everything that we need. That is provision. And we are believing for full provision for our lives in every single thing. And the other thing that the Lord has been really ministering to me and been talking to me about is that this ministry, Erie Christian Fellowship Church, will be marked by miracles. We will be marked by miracles. And I, again, I get, I'm like surprised. Why am I? I shouldn't be surprised. I'm expecting this probably as much or more than anybody else that miracles will occur Well, last week, can I tell you about a couple miracles that happened? So, it was on Wednesday night, and we were here for prayer, and I went and I was talking to somebody, and they said, oh, you need to go see, and I'm not going to use names here because I didn't have a chance to talk to these people before church, and they said somebody received healing on Sunday, supernatural healing of their neck, and I was like, Oh, well, praise God. That's amazing. And the Lord reminded me, and he has done this with me several times, is he tells me, and I think I've shared this with you, before the service, that if there's going to be a supernatural healing, he tells me the body part or the area that is going to be supernaturally healed. Why he does that, I don't know, but he does that. Periodically, he does that. Guess what? There's actually one today. So everyone get ready. I'm serious. We are marked by miracles. I'm not kidding around. This is very serious. And so as the person said it, the Lord reminded me that I wrote down three areas of the body that we would see supernatural healing with on Sunday. And I never said them last Sunday. And I was like, oh my goodness. 
And I went back and I paged through my notes. Actually, I have them with me. And it says, neck, stomach, and hearing. And as I said, stomach, the person who told me said, that was me. That was me. So church, last week, last Sunday, we've had supernatural healing of a neck and of a stomach, and I'm asking, maybe after church, if you had a supernatural hearing improvement in your body, maybe they're not here today, but I truly believe that that also manifests itself last week. And this morning, I'm telling you that the Lord had spoke to me, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to pray over this right now, we'll pray about it at the end, but someone here this morning is having pain in their hands. Pain in their hands, and I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's like an arthritis pain or whatever it is. It actually could be somebody online. I don't know who it is, but I know that someone has pain in their hands, and the Lord wants to supernaturally heal you this morning. Our Heavenly Father, He is so good. He loves us so much. He cares for us. When He died on the cross, He paid for it all. He paid for our sin. He paid for our healing. He paid for every piece of provision that we need in our life. So if that's you after church, I'm going to ask you to come up because we want to pray with you because we truly believe that you will have a supernatural healing of your hands this morning. Amen? All right. So turn with me to your Bibles or in your Bibles. I'm going to jump around a little bit this morning. So I want you to stay with me if you can. And I did give the AV team a lot of these scriptures ahead of time. But there are some that I did not, and that's okay. You're just going to have to listen to me as I say them. If that's okay, you're just going to have to pay attention a little bit. The first one is we do not have up there, and it's Psalm 105. And I want to start in verse 7. The Lord gave this to me. Because again, provision is everything that we need for our journey. Everything that we need for our journey. In Psalm 105, verse 7, it says, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers His covenant forever. Church, He remembers His covenant forever. He remembers it just as clearly today, February 24th, 2019, as he did when this was being written thousands of years ago. Church, get a hold of that this morning. He remembers his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations. I don't know what generation we are in, but we're not quite yet to a thousand, so we are in his covenant. We are in the ability to see his covenant manifest in our life. And his oath to Isaac and confirmed it, to Jacob for a statue, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give you the land of Canaan as the allotment of your inheritance. Inheritance. You know what a synonym is for inheritance? Provision. Everything that we need, God has available to us on his covenant. I'm going to jump down to verse 37. Same chapter, Psalm 105. It says, He also brought them out. He brought them out. Church, He brought them out. Whatever is happening in your life, He brings us out. It's not our own strength. It's not our own perseverance. It's not our own anything. He brings us out. He took the Israelites out of Egypt. This is what we're reading about here. He takes you in every situation that you have, and he brings you out of it. His timing is perfect. It doesn't always feel that way. And we're going to talk about some of the things that we need while we don't see that manifestation happen immediately. Because it doesn't always happen to me. But we have to remember the covenant, because he remembers his covenant, and his covenant is that he will take us out. He will bring us out of every situation that we're in. So he brought them out with what? Silver and gold. Oh, that sounds like provision. He brought them out with the silver and the gold that they needed. 
He brought him out. And I love this. And there was none feeble among his tribes. Church, you hear me? There was none feeble. And if you do, if you can look at all kinds of different biblical scholars, we're talking millions of people. Okay? Lots and lots and lots and lots of people. But, wait a second, how, how many of them again were? No, they all were well. They all, there was none of them that were feeble. Wait a second. Statistically, that's impossible. Well, guess what? We don't work for a God who is statistically working in what is possible based on statistics. He works in the supernatural. He works in the impossible. And yes, it's impossible to have millions of people with none of them having an issue and having enough money, silver and gold, for their trip provided to them. This is what God has for our life. He has every bit of provision that we need. He promises to take us out. You see, a couple weeks ago we were talking about uh, Luke chapter 5. And in Luke chapter 5 we were talking about inviting Jesus into our boat. And that he would bring all of the provision that we needed. All of that financial provision. All those fish that he kept. And then last week we started talking about John chapter 5. Which was a provision of healing in our lives. Every bit of healing that we need, every bit of that provision is available to us. This week, I want to talk to you about the provision of peace. The provision of peace. You say, well, that's not as exciting as the money and the healing. Oh, church, I can tell you that it is probably as exciting if not more exciting than the money and the healing, because we have to walk each day with the peace of God in our lives. Because whether we have the money and the healing, the storms will rage up around us, the enemy will try to come against us, and what we need is to have peace in our lives, a supernatural, God-given peace to take us from here to here on our journey. And we get to have it. And I'm going to show you in the Bible today how beautiful and wonderful it is that we get to have this peace. You see, He is a God of peace. And not every prayer request that we ever put up gets answered immediately. It doesn't happen that way. Sometimes it does. Last week, supernatural healing of the neck and of the stomach and somebody's healing, hearing. I believe someone's going to have supernatural healing today of their hands, but that doesn't happen for everybody. You saw how many people were up here at the end of last week getting prayed for? I don't know how many happened immediately, but maybe not every one. But guess what? It is done. He remembers his covenant. He remembers his promises. It is done in the spiritual world, and now we are walking it out. We are walking through sometimes the valley, sometimes the mountaintop. Wherever it is, we're walking through it. But he has peace available. For us, And next week, I'm going to talk about patience. <laughs> I, think that, I, I think that's actually maybe more for me than anybody else. But maybe a little, and patience. The provision of peace and patience. These are critical things for our life. The supernatural healing is amazing. God doing amazing financial miracles, which I know has been happening in our midst, at our school, and in people's personal lives. I hear these testimonies marked by miracles. But we have to still walk with peace through each and every day. Coming at me. Well, yeah, I want to, the, I Lord, the Lord told me, I was the Lord told me this morning that at least once, if not twice, she was going to come up <laughs> during the message. I'm not kidding you. I mean, Lord, he knows I'm telling okay, the and truth. And you have to understand, he I'm didn't make, tell me that. I'm and not so making this up. so I sit down up. there. I don't ever tell her most of the stuff. And begins to stir me up. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I can't, I can't interrupt the message. No, 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 I can't do that. And he stirs me up. He stirs me up. And he you she, don't tell me these things. He told me yesterday while we're in the car. And you're so cute. Peace comes from putting our eyes on the promise, from mm. keeping our eyes on the promise. That's how you get through the wilderness. That's right. By keeping your eyes on the promise. Mm. We've had some wilderness seasons. Um, some of them are longer than others. The longest one was the hardest one. And um, we did not give up. Mm. But we wanted to That's right. <laughs> on certain days and certain moments. Um, 
Did I feel weary? Did we feel weary? We most certainly did feel weary. But we prayed. We clung. We clung to the feet of Jesus. We held fast to the word of the Lord. And more than anything else, I cried out over and over and over. Cried out from my heart, oh God, I can't fix this. I, I don't have any answers. And I'm tired, and I'm sad, and I can't fix this. You fix it. Fix it. And my heart would cry out and cry out. And so when you read, do not grow weary in doing good. Hmm. Read it again. Where is it at? Come on. Which part? The notes. Galatians 6. Flippy, flippy. Let me go back one. Where is it? Right there. No, no. Do not be weary. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's right. If we do not give up. It's so difficult to not give up. Sometimes it feels like it will be so easy to just let go um, and find a different way, make our own way. And it's a lie. That's right. It's a deception to get us to let go of the word that that the Lord has spoken. Um, So peace comes Peace comes by keeping our eyes on the promise. And then he brought out Israel laden with silver and gold. Mm. And this is what drew me up here. Silver and gold. What God did in that time is more precious to me than any amount of money. Any amount of money. That's right. If someone came up and said, I will give you blank check a bazillion dollars... Or let's be more realistic, a million dollars, which I could spend in a blink of an eye. I mean, I have a list um, of people I want to bless and mortgages I want to pay and rooms I want to paint and redecorate. I mean, just I have a list. Children I want to send to college and ballet school. And I mean, I could just a million dollars. I wouldn't trade it because the silver and the gold isn't coin and, and bill. That's right. it's, it's not necessarily... Like uh, physical in the natural provision. It's what he did during that time. And I didn't know. I didn't know what he was doing. All I knew is I was suffering. All I knew, it felt like I was losing. It felt like I was sinning. It felt like I must have done something wrong to suffer in this way. Where are you? What am I doing? I mean, I would alternate from just thinking I was the problem, and then maybe God was the problem. Always knowing the enemy is the true problem. I mean, I always, that, that truth never left me. Um, but we came out of that time of wilderness, and it just kind of, God was good, and it, it began to end, and we began to come out of it. And I would sing, never once did we ever walk alone, and oh, I would just, he, his faithfulness was ever before me, and I knew I could see that he was working. But I still didn't have a clear picture. I still didn't have a clear picture until a year or two after it was over. And it was like he drew a curtain back and I could see the work that he had done. I could see the work that he had been doing. And it is more valuable than all the money in the world. He is working in ways beyond what we see and beyond what we know. The peace comes by keeping our eyes on the promise. Amen. Amen. Good word. Will I be back? He said one to two times, <clears throat> so, but not three. <clears throat> now it'll be three, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, so real, what, a, what a great word. This just goes right along with what we're saying. So see, what the enemy tries to do is he operates in the realm of fear. He operates in the realm of fear. And what he wants to do is begin to bring thoughts and things into your mind that begin to make you fear. You know, the world operates in fear. Right? That's, I mean, most of the marketing campaigns that are out there seemingly to be operating in fear. Like you go to Lowe's to go buy a refrigerator, and they fear you into buying the extended warranty that actually covers nothing of what you actually need. But they're like, well, you better get this thing because you don't know what's going to happen. What if this? What if that? And they start, I mean, the, the world operates in fear. But church, we get to operate in peace. We have the ability to operate in peace. Here's a couple of scriptures for you. And there are three things, if you're taking notes, there are three things that peace 
that I want you to know about peace. Number one is it's a gift from God. Church, peace is a gift from God. It is an available gift to us. Number two, it comes through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to touch on each one of these. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And number three, it's a fruit that needs developed. We are terrible gardeners. And I can, we can kill stuff so fast. You give us a seed, you give us something that's healthy, and we will take it out fast when it comes to gardening. You see, but it takes work to keep growing fruit. It, it takes work. And the Lord is right alongside us helping us. I'm going to touch on all this. So number one, it's a gift from God. How awesome is it that we have a God of peace? It says in Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He came to this earth for every bit of provision that we need. Do you understand that? More than just salvation, which is an amazing, wonderful miracle that He has done for us. More than just salvation, for peace as well. For peace in our life. Verse 7, of the increase of His government and peace will there be no end. There is no end to the amount of peace that we can be able to walk in our life. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says this, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Peace. Peace available because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Conquering sin conquering fear, conquering everything when he rose, when God raised him up. So this is a peace. I want to explain what this peace is. This is not a peace. Look, if you've ever shopped at the Whole Foods Co-op, which I really love to go to, I admire those people that work there. I truly do. They, they, there's a difference between being chill and having peace. The people that work there are like super chill. They are so calm under every situation that ever seems to happen. But what I'm telling you today is not just being chill. This is not a personality type. This is not something that says, well, I'm sorry, Pastor Jason, I'm type A personality, so I need to worry, and I need to be stressed, and I need to take everything in my own hands and do it. No, 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 no. Does that make it harder if you're that type of person? Yes. Hello, yes, it does, but that doesn't mean it's not available to us. And we have to be ever diligent about being careful not to try to just take it in our own hands and drive through the issue, drive through the problem, be led by fear, being led by what the enemy wants us to believe and not being led by peace. We can have peace in our spirits, in our hearts, in our minds. We, have an inner, we can have an inner peace that God loves us and cares for us no matter the circumstance. If we listen to his voice, if we listen to his commands, we can walk confidently into the future no matter what's going on around us. Confidently into the future no matter what's going on around us. It says in Isaiah 26, 12, it says, Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done all the works in us. This peace is a gift from Jesus. We must recognize it. We must recognize we cannot do life alone. We cannot walk this life without Jesus Christ as our Lord. We can't do it. I don't know how people do it. If you're sitting here this morning and you say, I've never made Jesus Lord of my life, then I want to talk to you after church. I want to help you because he is available for this journey that you're on. He loves you and he cares for you. He wants you to be, have a relationship with him. And so I have another boat analogy for you. I'm loving the boat analogies, the stirring the waters, the boat analogies. You've got to bear with me. Mark 4. Go with me to Mark 4, verse 35. 
Mark 4, starting in verse 35. It says, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. They took Jesus along in the boat. And some other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. They have Jesus in the boat. But there's still wind. There's still waves. What's happening? Pastor Jason, you said a couple of weeks ago, just invite Jesus into your boat. Well, yeah, invite him into the boat because he's going to go through this journey with you. When he's in the boat, it doesn't mean that every single, there's no more storms that happen. Because if that was the case, I don't even know what his life would be like. That's, in, that's when we get to heaven, amen? We get to reign on this earth for a thousand years. So that is, that's what's going to happen in the future. But right now, we live in a world. There is sin in this world. There's an enemy in this world. And the wind and the waves will crash on our boat. The wind and the waves crash on our boat. But he was in the stern and he was asleep on a pillow. You'd be like, oh, are you kidding me? Jesus, I invited you into the boat and now you're sleeping? Like, don't you know what's happening around me? And so often this is how we approach life. We think, well, I prayed about it, but it's still not getting better immediately. I don't understand what's going on. Is Jesus sleeping in my boat? Is he sleeping in my boat? You see, Jesus, whether sleeping or not, knows exactly what's going on in your life. And he is no longer sleeping. He's up in heaven now interceding on your behalf for every issue that comes in your life. So he's asleep. So they awoke him and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? How many of us? I mean, I've done this, right? You crying out to the Lord, are you kidding me? Don't, this is what Liz was just saying. Don't you know what we're going through? Don't you understand this? This is an awful situation. This is a terrible financial, a terrible relationship. All of these things are terrible. The wind and the waves are crashing the boat. Why are you sleeping? And he says, what does he say? Say, he arose and he rebuked the wind. And he said, peace, be still. Peace, be still. Jesus doesn't always completely block every wind and every wave that comes into your life. It doesn't happen that way. Life is difficult. The Bible says that trials and tribulations will come, but it says that he has overcome them all. He has overcome them all. So when God speaks, things happen. What did he say? Peace be still. Jesus is in your boat. If you invited him into your life, he's in your boat. You may think that he's sleeping, but he is always readily available to bring peace into your life. That wind and that wave may not stop immediately, but peace. And I believe when he says this word, peace be still, I believe that peace was not just he was calming the storm. In this case, he was calming them. And he is available to do that for us. Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why were you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And the Lord reminded me, as too often in life, as soon as we begin to see a storm, we take our eyes off of the promise. We take our eyes off of the promise. And we begin to look around and what's going on around us. When Peter had his eyes on the promise, he got out of the boat. The moment he took his eyes off of the promise of Jesus, he began to sink. And too often we take our eyes off of the promise that we have. You see, peace is a gift. 
It's a wonderful present that has been delivered to us, given to us. We have the ability to take it. We have the ability to have it in our life. So how does it come? Number two, it says it comes through the Holy Spirit. It comes through the Holy Spirit. John 14 and verse 25 says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all things that I've said. How many are happy that the Holy Spirit is available to us to do these things for us? He'll bring to remembrance all things that he says. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. He gives us his peace through the Holy Spirit. Not as the world gives, because what does the world give? The world gives fear. The world gives worry. But he gives peace. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, the Holy Spirit is our guide. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, when the Holy Spirit begins to lead us and guide us and, rem- and remind us of things and say, I want you to go in this direction, I want you to take your boat this way, I want you to go that way, I want you to do these things, it comes with peace. Doesn't mean you're not nervous about it. Doesn't mean it might not be a little bit like, wow, this is a pretty big deal. But it comes with peace. It does not come with fear. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it comes with peace. You see, the peace is part of the fruit of the Spirit. And I love the Crosswalk Ministry. They are teaching my kids all about the fruit of the Spirit. They've got all these songs that they sing when they come home. And they're telling me all about the fruit of the Spirit. That the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. And I don't remember the rest of it. Something if, you've, what, 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 if you want to be a fruit of the Spirit. And then they go sing the fruit of the Spirit. And you see, the, it is, this is a fruit. This is something that is developed over the course of time. This is a, these things that we have available to us are developed over the course of time. But the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22 in Galatians 5, is love, joy, peace. It is a fruit of the Spirit that is available to us. Peace. And next week, like I said, patience is next. We're going to talk about that next week. There is peace. Paul is telling us here that we have to walk in the Spirit. We have to walk in the things of God. Not by our own standards, not by our own might, but we can walk in peace. So what is this? This is a fruit. Number three is is a fruit takes time to develop. I'm going to tell you a short story about in our life with our children that we have recognized very clearly, and this example will be a good example for you to wrap your head around, how we have grown in peace over our children. So our Anna, who was our oldest, she went to public kindergarten, and it was when we lived in Harbor Creek. And so we weren't really walking that far along in our, in our walk of peace in our life. And when we put her on the bus for the first time to go to kindergarten, guess what we did? Actually, I think just you did it. Oh, yeah, you follow the bus. So you put them on the bus, and you drive behind the bus ever so slowly, watching where the bus goes, all the stops. And then you get to the school, and then you park your car, and then you run out, and you watch them get out of the bus. Now, you don't want them to see you, right? Because they might get embarrassed or something that mom or dad was watching them. And you watch them, oh, they got into the school. Now, I'm not saying we weren't walking in peace, and the Lord has always been leading us in peace. But the difference is, just a couple of weeks ago, Anna, who's now driving, we said, Anna, take your sister Grace and drive down to Pittsburgh to the ballet audition that you have. Here's the address. May the Lord be with you as you go. <laughs> now that, now this is, okay, this is 10 years of growth in peace. But you see, church, the difference between those two is when we hear the Holy Spirit, he says, hey, it's okay. When we pray and we say, should we send her down to Pittsburgh with grace? We ask first. Church, you need to ask first. Lord, is this what you want me to do? Is this the plan and purpose? And if he says yes and you have peace about it, then go. 
then do it. I'm not, you know, with every imagination of her being mangled on the side of the road and in accidents. Fear, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. I'd have no part of you today. She is going to be perfectly fine. It was on a Sunday. I said, I'm coming to church. I think I had. We have to come to church now, don't we? Man, I'm out of options now, man. We got to come. We came to church. And she drove and she was perfectly fine. You see, but that is growth in our lives in the fruit of peace. And each and every one of us is on a journey. And church, you have to recognize and be aware that you're on the journey. And you have to be willing to stand there before the Lord and say, Lord, mold me, shape me, and change me. I want to grow in this. And you want to be careful when you do that. It's like, oh, Lord, like next week, do I really want to grow in patience? What happens when you have to grow in patience? You get it? You get situations where you have to be patient. Well, we want to grow in these fruit of the Spirit. Because guess what, church? The wind and the waves are coming. They happen in life. It's just the way it is. You can't always stop everyone from coming. But the Holy Spirit will lead us and will guide us. And when we listen to His voice, we have the ability to have peace in our life. So how do we get this? How do we develop this fruit? A couple points I want to just talk to you about on how to develop this fruit. Number one, you have to decide to trust in the Lord. You have to make a decision that you're going to believe these words in this Bible more than you're going to believe what the world has to say. You have to decide to trust in him. You want to walk in peace in your life? You have to make a commitment to believe what is in these words. In this word, you have to believe it. You have to focus on his promises. You have to stand on them. You have to meditate on them day and night. This is how we can develop peace in our life. You might be a new Christian. You might be new to this whole thing. But guess what? You can develop faster or you can develop slower. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. You can develop faster or you can develop slower. And if you do these things, you begin to develop faster. Decide to trust in the Lord. Number two, you need to cast down the spirit of fear in your life. No, 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 no. It has no place in your life. You need to speak to that fear. What did Jesus do? He spoke to the wind and the waves. He said, peace, be still. So if you're battling with fear in your life, if you're battling with those thoughts, you speak to them. You say, no, in the name of Jesus. No, in the name of Jesus. No more fear in my life. Number three, you need to grow in your walk with him. Not just deciding that you're going to believe these scriptures, not just casting out, but you have to decide to grow in your walk with the Lord. You see, fear, fear is like, it has like a root system. And the analogy I feel like the Lord wanted me to share with you, as, you're, as you are developing yourself in the word of God, it's like putting mulch down. Another gardening example from the one who doesn't know how to garden very well. Yeah, take that to the bank, right? So when you put mulch down, what happens? When a seed comes down that you don't want, you can pull that weed out real easily. It's like why you mulch, I think. I don't know. I don't garden. It seems like why you do it. And you're doing that to protect the soil. So when we are studying God's word, when we are digging into God's word, we're just laying a foundation of mulch. So when that fear comes, that seed of fear tries to take root, we just pop it out. What happens when you don't dig into God's word is there's no mulch there. And when that seed goes in there, oh, it starts to grow really quick down in the root structure and it starts to spread. And now you're down there, like you're trying to yank this thing out. And what do you do? You pop it off and you only get like the top, right? You're like, come on, come on. But when you have the mulch down, you pull, all the root system comes right out with it. All the root system comes right out. When we are digging into the Word of God, we're laying a mulch foundation. And the seeds that we've already planted of His promises are now allowed to grow. They're allowed to grow because the weeds aren't taking any of the nutrients anymore out of our soil. We are allowing now the plants and the promises and the fruit of the Spirit to be able to grow 
in our life. There it is, number two. So I just wanted to, um, I felt very compelled to tell you there's peace in this process. And you cannot have peace by trying to pretend to have faith that you don't yet have. Mm. And so there will be well-meaning people that may say, well, that's fear. That's fear. You can't make decisions on fear. But you're standing there and you're in prayer. You are where you are in the process. And I love growing your walk with him because, I'll just use the story. Eva, sweet Eva, she was, I don't know, six or seven maybe. And another child was falling down the steps in our new home. We had been there for like three days and they weren't used to having steps because we had lived in a mobile home. And Eva was about six steps up and she decided, I'll catch her. So they both went down with force, and Eva hit her head on, um, on the side of the door. And we don't panic. We are not panic people. We resist fear and panic. Um, and so, you know, are you okay? We assess. Um, we are prayerful. And she was okay. Well, fast forward like five hours later, and she just still has this really bad headache. And so, oh, it's just churning up. And I am fighting the fight of faith. And I recognize fear, and I'm on this journey, and I, I've got, you know, this guy, and we do this together, and we know what we know, and I just couldn't, I couldn't shake it. And I, I don't, I mean, I guess I was more afraid of the headache than I was of the ER, because I don't really like <laughs> medical institutions or any institution of government or <laughs> bureaucracy for that matter. I don't, I, I try not to participate. Um, but I just, I remember he said, if you want to take her to the ER, and this is the one time we went to the ER in all these years, so that's how much I dislike it. This is the one time I've ever been. If you want to take her, we need to take her. And so I remember praying and saying, Lord, I know, I know these things. I know that she will live and not die. But I was afraid that she had some kind of brain bleed and that I'd wake up tomorrow and try to wake her up and she wouldn't wake up. That's what I was afraid of. And I couldn't kick it. I didn't let the imaginations roll. I didn't play out the movie in my head. I kept fighting and fighting and fighting, but I couldn't kick it. And I just was honest with God. I said, I know you, are, you have a plan for her, a plan for good and not for evil. You have a hope and a future for her. She yeah. is called. She will be a leader. Like, I know the words you've spoken over her and I believe them. But I just couldn't kick it. And I said, so, Father, we're going. We're going. And I just asked that you would cover us, that you would give us favor in this process, that we would have favor at the ER, even though that's not where, we, where I want to go. But I just had to, I had to operate where I was, even though I knew where I was wasn't where I wanted to be or where I could be, but I couldn't get there. And so we went to the ER. We were in. We were out. The doctors were awesome. They looked at her like, oh. She's fine. <laughs> I said, I know. She seems fine. <laughs> but you don't want to do a CAT scan? And they were like, no, that's a lot of radiation. I was like, I can appreciate that. I don't want her radiated. And they, they sent her home, and I received the assurance and the reassurance that I guess I needed. Um, and when I look back at it, what the Lord just told me here is that I was tired. I was physically, we were moving in with seven children. I was physically tired. This reminds me of a story of Corey Tenboom when she was... When she was found out, I think many people know who she was. She helped the Jews during the Holocaust. Mm. When she was found out, she was all, often led by the Spirit. Like she would know when someone was needed help or if it was a trick or a trap to try to expose her and her family and what they were doing. She had the flu. She was ill. I mean, she had a fever. And she came down the steps, and there was a person begging for her help. And she had a pause in her spirit, but she just... She was, she was ill. The, the enemy mm. uses our physical. He comes after us in the physical body to, to trap us in the spiritual. Mm. And so I just find that really interesting. You know, I was physically tired, right. and I just couldn't get there. So I want to encourage you. It's a journey. That's right. It's a journey, and you have to be honest with him. He can handle our journey. There's peace in the process. Amen. And my eyes were on the promise. And I, it's like I was doing everything right, but I just, now, that, that has become part of my journey 
And now I'm stronger. Now I've grown. And, you know, the enemy is defeated. Amen. So do not be forced into fake faith. You know, like, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I won't take an antibiotic. And two weeks later, you know, you lose a finger because you wouldn't put some antibiotic cream on it. You know, because you were trying to have faith. There's a big difference between trying right. and having. And you have, to, you have to grow in that. And God is faithful. He's good. Amen. He'll lead you in it. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, Russ, if you want to come back up. You, uh, you can stay up here just for a minute. I want to end with the fourth one. No, I'm going to go. Okay. I want to end with the fourth one. So one, it was decide to trust in the Lord. Cast down the spirit of fear. Grow in your walk with him. And number four, we have to pray. Amen. We have to pray. We have to cast those cares. We have to cast those things up to him that says, oh, I cannot do this on my own. You're in the boat. I recognize you're in the boat, but I just need your presence. It says in Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. So we can be anxious, but then we can cast those cares onto Him. With thanksgiving. Do you get that? As you throw them out, as you lift them off of you, what are we doing? We're raising our hands. And we're saying, Lord, I need you in this situation. And we begin to be thankful immediately as you're casting that care. As you're casting it, your hands are up. Your arms are up. And you're casting that care. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Present your requests. With thanksgiving. As you do that, what comes down is peace. Available because of Jesus. So if every person could just bow their head and close their eyes. Father, this morning, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that you are faithful in every situation. And we thank you for it. If there's anyone here this morning that said, I need Jesus. I need I recognize that I am a sinner. That I need His forgiveness. I cannot do this walk alone anymore. I cannot do this journey anymore alone. I need Jesus in my life. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. If you say, I need to, this morning, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Just slip your hand up this morning. Anybody at all? Okay, keep your heads bowed. If you say, I am anxious, I am battling fear and worry. And today, I just want to cast my cares to you. I need the supernatural peace that is available. That provision of peace that's available. Just slip your hand up. Slip your hand up this morning. Put them up high. Because as you're doing this, those who are putting your hand up, I'm telling you now that the wonderful Father God, who loves you dearly, is ministering peace into your life right now. 
Lord, I thank you for every hand that is raised. I thank you, Father, that you are bringing peace, the provision of peace to their life. They are having an encounter with you right now. Your spirit, their spirit, connecting that fruit of peace growing in their life. And Father, we speak against the spirit of fear now in the name of Jesus. We take that root system and we tear it up. We rototill that ground and we get rid of everything that is not of you. And we plant the seed of the Word of God in each and every one of our lives. And then we're just spreading mulch this morning. We're spreading mulch over those promises. And Father, we thank you that every other seed that is not of you that tries to take root, we will see it quickly, we will cast it down, and we'll have no root in our life. So Father, we thank you for that supernatural peace, that supernatural peace that's available to us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we have some small group leaders that are going to come up here, and they can pray for you this morning. If you have a physical need in your life, they can pray for you. If you need Jesus in your life, and maybe you didn't raise your hand to making Him your Lord and Savior, they can pray for you. And if you're that person who's having some hand pain, then they can pray for you as well. Or come find me, and I want to pray for you. Because the Lord is a healing God. He cares for us. He loves us. He will do everything for us. And he's such a good, good father. As we leave tonight, I want to say this scripture over you. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always and in every way. The Lord be with you all. We thank you, Father, for who you are. We love you and praise you. And we pray a blessing over this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.